Hi there, and welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. In this podcast, we share all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-the-scenes stories. I am Sato Mäkinen, the founder of the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards, and I will be your host in diving into these topics. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you won't miss the coming episodes. Alright everyone, welcome to another episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. Today I'm talking with Evelina Holm, an Ayurvedic life coach, mindfulness coach and a yoga teacher. In today's episode we dive into the discussion about Ayurveda and its potential in balancing life. Ayurveda has historical roots in the Indian subcontinent, though it is practiced around the world today. With Evelina, we will talk about how the ancient teachings can be adjusted to all corners of the world, such as in the Nordics, for example, where the Arctic climate is posing its own challenges. Evelina will also share how beauty is seen in Ayurveda and how its knowledge can support the holistic way of finding a balanced skin and life in general. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast, Evelina. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So nice to have you here. Um, to those of you who don't know you yet, could you perhaps tell a little bit about yourself first and your background and basically who you are? Yes, of course. So my name is Evelina. I am a yoga teacher and an Ayurvedic life coach also a mindfulness instructor. Um, yeah, my days are filled with teaching yoga mostly. I teach in both studios and then privately. So I have private yoga classes as well. And then I see people in my consultations, in my Ayurvedic life coaching sessions, and I help them with their health. So that's what I do mainly. And currently what I'm really excited about is that I am also working on a creating a method of my own and um, just to give you give you yeah just to give you a little small peek into all that uh, it's going to be for women who are looking to create a lifestyle that supports their health helps to connect and get clear on who they really are and how to live in in alignment with that So basically, I help women to feel at home in their bodies and harmonious in their minds. And um, yeah. Oh, that sounds exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And most like most people I see, they have issues with digestion or with energy levels or with skin or they have lost, I don't know, the purpose or spark of life. So they, or maybe they have anxiety or depression or something like that. So I work with, with women who want to live in harmony with, with who they are. They, they know that life is not this, it's more. So those are my, my clients. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah, this is exactly what we're going to be talking about today as well, about the overall well-being that Ayurveda really touches, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I've done this for five years or so. And before uh, all this, I used to work in human resources. So I was kind of a recruitment professional. But I always kind of knew that I meant to do something completely different. I always knew that I want to create or I need to create something of my own. And 
to change the world, you know, and uh, a bit over five years ago, I started to listen to that intuitive voice within and began to live in harmony with who I am. And that's how it has evolved. Mm. Human resources are not so far either as a topic. I mean, you're still working with people and their well-being and everything. So it's kind of just a deeper, deeper touch on that. Yeah, it's true. And there's there's a link. There's a connection. It's true. I'm working with people and working kind of for the benefit of of, of people. But now it's it's different. It's yeah, it's different. But but there's a link, definitely, like you said helping women feel empowered in harmony balanced safe ignited i don't know it's it's what i want to do like kind of how to embody the spiritual aspect that we have as well how to really embody it in the daily life wow that's everything the whole life basically (laughs) (laughs) well for me it is for for many people it is not spirituality is not that important but I feel lack of spirituality might be the root cause of many problems and and sufferings we have as humans. Mm. Well, if we go a little bit to the Ayurveda itself, would you like to first share a little bit about what is Ayurveda as well? Because obviously we're in Nordic Natural Beauty podcast, so we're talking often about beauty and skincare, makeup and also overall well-being in a way that beauty comes also from within but would you like to share a little bit about what is Ayurveda? Yeah of course it is not that known actually so it's good to talk about that first (laughs) Um, to begin very simply and put it shortly it's a system of holistic health and I, I want to say it's a system of holistic health like no other the name Ayurveda is from Sanskrit. Ayu means life and Veda means sacred knowledge or some say science. But Ayurveda's definition translate as the science of life or the knowledge of life. So it is a tradition that help us to live in harmony, live in balance, and expand our capacity for wellness. It can help us to maintain balance, maintain health, prevent illnesses. It helps us to get to know our strengths and how to improve our kind of areas that where we have challenges in. So it's a very holistic system. It encourages a human being to be an active player, an active participant in the journey of healing and the journey of health. So not it's not just, you know, taking a pill and then everything is okay. It's about living your life in harmony, uh, living your life for you. And I think Ayurveda is kind of trying to give back the trust and the keys to their health that's what Ayurveda is trying to do give you the keys give you the tools and the knowledge to how how to live a healthy um, and long life Ayurveda comes from India uh, which can be assumed from the name maybe maybe not <laughs> it is said to be more than 5,000 years old which is 
a long time. Some, you know, some resources even say that it's more than 12,000 years old. I think this really shows that Ayurveda is time tested. It has managed all the way here and not without without challenges you know there were many times in history when ayurveda was almost destroyed by muslims by by british people so the history is very colorful I highly recommend to look into that if you're into history or 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 something like that because the the phases have been very colorful but yeah to to put it shortly it's a way to live a healthy and long life I'm up for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, me too. <laughs> Healthy life. Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> exactly. Can I ask you a personal question? But how did you find Ayurveda? I mean, what was your first memory or experience uh, with Ayurveda? Well, um, do you remember? I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> because I remember mine. <laughs> yeah. I want to know yours after I tell mine. Uh, Even my body remembers because I found Ayurveda through my own suffering. Uh, As a teenager or young adult, I was like, I don't know, I guess from more or less 16 years old, I began to have these crazy heartburns, like a burning sensation in the chest that would create so much pain that I couldn't do anything during that. People who have never experienced heartburn think that it's just something mild, you know, in the chest and um, arises in the nighttime and it just bothers you a little bit. My heartburn, I remember the worst day was 15 hours of like, I don't know, forest fire within and I screamed for many hours. It was horrible. I went to the doctors many times. They wouldn't help me because I was young and fine, according to them. I didn't need to be tested because I was young and fine. But turns out I wasn't fine at all. I went to an Ayurvedic doctor and actually a friend recommended this doctor to me. She just started to talk about this and maybe I could find some help from there. And I went and I found the help. It was so profound for me that I instantly began to learn more about it. As I started to learn more about myself and everything started to make sense, my whole life has had started to make sense during that visit. So I dived deep into that and then wanted to slowly begin to share that with others. Mm. But I want to know, how did you find it? <laughs> It sounds like you had a very strong experience as a first time in a way that it was really a health concerning moment for your life. Yes. I went to the deep end straight away. Um, I was on a holiday in India and we were staying in this Ayurvedic resort, let's say, with a friend. And I didn't really realize that it was for the medical treatments in Ayurvedic style. I just thought it was a resort for like a holiday, holiday resort. I, of course, wanted a massage or something to relax. And I had one treatment that got my body really completely upside down, which I've learned later that that's something that is supposed to happen as well sometimes. I was really relaxed in the treatment. It's this, you probably know the name. It's where they drop oil to your forehead and then it just kind of slightly goes to the sides. And what is it called? Yeah, Sierra Dara. 
Okay, Siraldara. So my first touch to Ayurveda mm-hmm. and I fell asleep and then felt really relaxed afterwards. So then one, two weeks I was vomiting and, you know, everything coming really out. So yeah, this was my first experience <laughs> with Ayurveda. Yeah. So you went really deep. People tend to think that Ayurvedic treatments, well, they are also nice and, you know, there's the massage mm. and everything. But when you, for example, when you go to this big Ayurvedic treatment that they call Panchakarma, when you go into that, it's, um, I mean, one treatment might might be vomiting. So it's not that gentle, nice massage always. It's meant to cleanse your body. So vomiting might be one <laughs> one way to cleanse your body mm. yeah I suppose I experienced this one is there something like uh, behind this I mean obviously cleansing is a part of it but is it also is there a spiritual aspect uh, other aspects like why these treatments work and why they're done to a specific time to specific people or things like this that's quite a wide question but yeah, cleansing the body so that, you know, when, you, when you're when you sick, when people have illnesses, Ayurveda says that the body needs to be cleansed before you can treat it with herbs or with other kind of treatments. So take everything out before you put anything in. So always old out before new goes in. So that's basically the way it works. But of course, there are in these treatments, uh, as Ayurveda is a holistic uh, way of life and holistic healing modality, it holds the spiritual aspect as as well. So yeah, it might be when you're throwing up, might be not only on the level of the body, but also there might be more, if I'm making myself clear. Mm, more like in the mind. Mm. Yeah, there's a wide range of treatments and as I do not perform any Ayurvedic treatments I don't have the the specific knowledge on you know how like for example a specific panchakarma treatment works and why and how because I don't do them but there are many 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 aspects to this yeah yeah, it's funny. I, I realized that we went to the deep end straight away with this discussion as well. I hope we didn't scare away all the listeners, you know. <laughs> Hopefully not. We're talking about vomiting and everything. But if we talk a little bit about, let's say, the lighter subject, which is, also, of course, about Ayurveda, to really get to know yourself and mm. what is good for you specifically, personally, if I'm correct. So maybe we can touch a little bit of these famous three doshas. So Vata, Pitta and Kapha, if you would like to share a little bit, because I know everybody wants to know, okay, which one am I and and so. Yeah, everybody wants to know. (laughs) Everybody always wants to know about Ayurveda and I happily talk about it because it's one of the, what I think, the fun parts in Ayurveda. First, before we can talk about the doshas, we just need to get clear on, on one thing, like the Ayurvedic view of the universe if i put it shortly again according to ayurveda the world is made out of five elements earth water fire air and ether and these are the fundamental building blocks of nature every substance contains all five of these elements the trees outside the couch i'm sitting on even you know myself This is very important to understand. Everything is made out of the elements. 
And also uniqueness is important in Ayurveda. So in any given substance, the trees, the couch, myself, uh, one or two elements are typically predominant over the others. So for example, in myself, air and fire are most predominant. For you, it might be completely different, except I know it might be, you know, similar thing for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the key principle that we need to know before we talk about vata, pitta and kapha, because vata, pitta and kapha are made of the elements as well. No surprise there, because everything is made out of the elements. So, of course, vata, pitta and kapha too. Mm. So Ayurveda has three doshas, and we call them three dosha. The doshas, they're everywhere. They can be identified in seasons, climates, activities, even plants, even animals. And each of these embody a certain kind of combination of the elements. It's like a force of nature, I would say. And all three doshas are present in everyone. For example, I have all the three doshas. I have vata, pitta and kapha within me. But they vary a great deal from one person to the next. So, for example, like I said, I have air and fire as predominant elements. And I have vata and pitta doshas as my predominant doshas. Before we get into all this and into deeper level of that, it's good to describe what is kind of the overview of the essential nature of of each dosha. So vata dosha would be the energy of air and ether. It is movement. It is creativity and vibrancy. And everybody has vata dosha in the body. Since vata dosha is movement, it is the breath, for example. Breath is movement. It is the blinking of the eyes. It is the pulse of the heart, for example. So it's all movement. And then pitta dosha is the energy of fire and water. And it it is the metabolism. It is the power of transformation, intelligence, for example. And in the body, it is the metabolism. So how everything is kind of transformed into nourishment, for example. Then kapha dosha is earth and water. Kapha dosha is structure, for example, in the body. Stability. It gives nourishment and moisturizes everything also oh which we love in the skincare industry (laughs) yes we love it in this perspective kapha people they have usually the greatest skin i mean yeah that's that's really nice (laughs) kapha dosha is the structure of the body so for example bones would be kind of a kapha structure so we all have all of these in the body Everybody has a combination of these three doshas in our bodies. The combination is called constitution, the Ayurvedic body type, also known as prakriti. And like I said, I am a vata, pitta type. We could be vata, pitta, kapha, or the combination, like I am. Then these doshas, they can also have a state of imbalance, which is called vrikriti. 
and it kind of describes which doshas are elevated within our system. So if the doshas kind of start to accumulate beyond their healthy limits, they can affect on our health and not in a good way. So for example, if my vata starts to accumulate, I might become anxious, depressed. And if the pitta starts to accumulate, people usually might become angry or you know, perfectionist or or take themselves a little too far. <laughs> and then if kapha is accumulated beyond those healthy limits, some stagnation might arise, even depression, constipation usually, problems with metabolism, too much sleep, craving for sugary foods, yeah, so the imbalances are, are very, very interesting. So these are just very short examples of, of those. People like to know how they are and how can they help if they have an imbalance. You know, if it's a pitta imbalance to have, for example, acne. And a lot of people have problems with, with the skin. So if you have like an inflammation on, on the skin, it's usually a pitta problem. Yeah, people can balance that with Ayurveda. <laughs> mm. Would you like to give a short description of each type? Like maybe everyone can kind of get an idea of what they could be more likely because we might touch these three a little later in the conversation. So just to to give an idea. Yeah, for sure. So I like to start with Vata because... You know, it is made out of air and ether. And usually when we talk about Ayurveda, Vata comes first because it is the principle of, of movement and responsible of all movement. But if we if we talk about the body type, Vata Dosha, how you can kind of identify a person who has predominant Vata, uh, they're usually very small or very tall. They are light and usually kind of lean, skinny even. Uh, they move very quickly, so they're fast movers. They might have fragile nails, fragile hair, cold skin, small eyes. So that's, that's the characteristic or how you can recognize a vata. And for example, on the level of the mind, they're usually excited and creative and spark in a kind of a unique way. But in then again, they have the least energy of the doshas, so they can get tired pretty quickly. If they have an imbalance, they might become fearful. They might become nervous, mm. anxious, like I said. They can have cold feet, constipation, dry skin. Dry skin is probably the one that might interest the podcast listeners. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. Maybe we can always add what is the skin type or the skin issues or the conditions usually. Yeah, dry skin would be a sign of a vata imbalance. Mm. Those are to name a few and then maybe just a few more. Waking up in the middle of the night, worrying a lot. Those are the characteristics or the signs of of a vata person and the signs of 
balance or imbalance. Would you like to move to Pitta Dosha? Yeah, go on. So Pitta Dosha is super interesting. I think many people relate to Pitta Dosha. And as Pitta Dosha is made out of the elements of fire and, and water and is responsible for the metabolism we can know that since there's the fire element there, these people are usually quite warm. And as a Vata cold person, I, I always <laughs> mention this because what I love about pitta people is that they're warm and I always want to hug pitta people. Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because they're so warm and I'm like, oh, can I just stay here in your arms for a little while? <laughs> But anyway, um, they're warm, so their skin is warm, and they're about middle-sized usually. They have a strong metabolism, so they might sweat a lot. And they have piercing eyes. Usually, if, if someone has you know those bright piercing eyes that look right through you, uh, that's usually a pitta. But yeah, more on the level of the mind, pittas are usually really passionate and precise i would say they're also creative but in a different way vatas usually they have a lot of ideas everything is just flowing around and pittas are more like i i don't want to say problem solvers but they see solutions they're more like the manager leader types right yeah yeah yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. When they're imbalanced, they might become angry very quickly. So they're hot-tempered and then critical. They don't have the best patience, so they're very impatient. They also have the tendency for perfectionism. They might get heartburn. Hello, like I. Um, loose stools, acne, so any kind of kind of red inflammation on the skin would be a pitta thing mm. so those are are the imbalances and then if we're talking about gaffa dosha the one with the good skin <laughs> because of the elements of water and earth they're usually pretty solid kapha dosha is responsible for the structure so kapha people usually they might have big bones and their structure is strong they're able to do good physical performances they're strong uh, they move slowly they have a slow metabolism they're calm they have a good memory they're so loving and this is i think this is one of the best qualities of of kafas they're so loving and compassionate but when they're imbalanced, they might get greedy, jealous, lazy, possessive, depressed. On the level of the body, constipation also, excess weight, they might get swollen, too much mucus, what else? Yeah, they might get coughs and colds. And the skin is usually good. They have a great skin. But what can be an issue is oily face at times. So it's like, as there is water, the elements of water and earth, it's like 
you know, you're cleaning the skin, but it gets oily and greasy again and again. So that might be the issue, for example. So interesting. This is such an interesting view of life in general, but uh, especially with these types. Is this usually something you're kind of born with or can they kind of also shift during the life? So the body type is something that you're born with. Yes, mostly it doesn't change during your life, but it can be changed or it can change due to the way life is lived. So it can change, but that's not necessarily a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if we move a little bit to talk about beauty, or should I say just well-being in the case of Ayurveda, but we mentioned a little bit about the skin, but how does Ayurveda see beauty in general? Or how would you define Ayurvedic beauty? This is a lovely topic. I love beauty. I love Ayurveda, so... But yeah, according to Ayurveda, the beauty, I think this is no surprise when I say this, beauty begins from within. It is said that beauty is the reflection of one's inner state. You have to have a well-nourished body. Living according to your body type helps. A balanced mind, so a mind in harmony, and again, living according to your body type helps. And a peaceful spirit, so here is the spiritual side as well. The spirit needs to be in that kind of certain space of contentment for the whole being to be beautiful. It's not just about how much lotion you put on your skin, according to Ayurveda. It's a deeper way of understanding yourself and following a healthy diet, getting good sleep, managing your stress levels are actually kind of the the cornerstones of holistic beauty and a lo- and long-term beauty I would say so like ayurveda is preventing illnesses and key to live a long and healthy life i think beauty belongs to that we just we here in the modern world tend to think that beauty whether we're talking about a human being's beauty you know outer appearance or flowers, or I don't know what decoration, or whatever we're talking about. It's something vague. It's something so superficial. Usually here in the Western world, where if we're if we like beauty, we're superficial. That's not a holistic way to see beauty. I think beauty is part of life. It's not superficial or extra. It's very important. Desires beauty. All this, they go hand in hand with healthy life. And we can want to look beautiful and we can express our uniqueness by looking beautiful. This aspect is important. I've always loved how Ayurveda has always involved much more than the outward appearance alone into the concept of beauty. So it's also the outer appearance, but it's the holistic holistic thing as well yeah this is very interesting because just last episode if you want to go listener back to the last episode we were talking about holistic beauty and skincare and well-being with andrea andres so it seems like there are just different mm. perspectives on this but it's amazing to see that this kind of lifestyle and beauty is really starting to grow and get bigger as well but if we talk a little bit about 
from Ayurvedic perspective, what would be like the main topics or parts of life to talk about when you want healthier skin? There's a saying, you are what you digest. And I would say this is the place where one could start. Actually, I think it's you are what you eat and Ayurveda says that you are what you digest. So when we want to have a great skin, the nutrition and good digestion and assimilation of nutrients by the body and also regular elimination, of course, comes into a huge role. A few things just to give very kind of clear examples would be to follow the recommendations for your body type. So, well, fo follow the recommendations for your body, body type, the skin type, the season, what foods will nourish you, what will add your imbalance and what will take you into balance. So following that is definitely one, one, one way. And then one more thing I would like to mention is that it would be great to eat the largest meal around midday because that's when the digestive fire is the strongest. So if we're talking about eating, then this is one tip that listeners can start to take into their lives right now is to eat the largest meal at midday. And also focusing on the food, not doing a million things that when you're eating, avoiding drinking cold, too cold beverages that doesn't help the digestive fire at all. Yeah, and not skipping meals. So eating <laughs> and eating pure and fresh foods would be one great thing. And is there a difference between, I mean, you already mentioned the body type, so I, I assume eating according to those perhaps specific foods. And So for each body type, there is a specific recommendation. Now a person might think, okay, so Ayurveda kind of has three different diets and then that's it. No, <laughs> <laughs> because they have three doshas, there are three diets and that's it. Uh, it's more complicated than that. It's, it's not so simple. But to put it simply, yes, there are food guidelines for vatas, pittas and doshas, uh, doshas, uh, kafas, but you need to um, really dive into that. And I would definitely recommend visiting an Ayurvedic practitioner for this if you want to get to know what's good for you so like a personal unique diet in that sense yes 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 so for example i have many clients who are vatas but then again they have unique things so i cannot just give them the same instructions every person is unique they have a lot of similarities but every person is unique and every person walks out from my practice with different instructions so uniqueness is a big thing mm, and this is very interesting because obviously in society we are used to only one model for everyone which is kind mm -hmm. of funny that yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it is kind of funny and you know when I have a few doctor friends and they're like no no yeah 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 it's enough that we have the one model for everyone and everybody can eat this this and that and I'm like no we have way too much suffering here in the world for you to say that <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah it's a i mean uniqueness is important i like that it personally it's very big for me yeah but those are like the i would say the most important things with with the skin like where to start would be definitely the food the food is big but then like i said so is sleep so a lack of sleep affects the the skin very much and the whole well-being so going to bed around 10 p.m waking up around 6 7 a.m is usually good yeah this makes me laugh (laughs) yeah why (laughs) as a i've always been quite a late nighter so for me this seems very early i know it's it's early for many it's it's because 12 o'clock is an important time a.m and p.m at 12 a.m you know in the middle of the night is that by the way a.m now i'm confused I think it's AM. Or as we say, zero, 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 zero. <laughs> yeah, zero, zero. Anyway, I'm Finnish. Uh, different clock. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, at 12 at night, that's always the, the darkest hour of the 24 hours. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. 12 o'clock in the midnight in Brazil, in, in, in Finland, in, in Africa, in Asia always the darkest time and 12 o'clock during the day always the brightest time of the day in Finland even in the middle of the winter in Brazil even if the middle of the summer it is said that you know this is these are the peak times kind of so when you go to sleep before that when you go to sleep during kaffa time the evening until 10 p.m. is kaffa time it's heavy time so when you go to sleep during that time usually the body falls to sleep quicker if you want to wake up with a energized but relaxed mind it is said that wake up during vata time Mm -hmm. which is before 6 a.m. but this is very hard for the modern human it's recommended but it's very hard. We're very tired and very busy. <laughs> yeah, people usually sleep longer. Yeah, how does the sleep affect them? The skin, for example. Well, uh, if you don't sleep well, all the doshas, they start to move into imbalance. It depends on your constitution which doshas start to move. For example, if you're a vata type, and you tend to stay up late in the night you tend to wake up at night it's very likely that your life overall is equally irregular so not so regular not only your sleep but also other things that you do and then dryness might come up so your skin might be dry for example or it might be if you're a coffee dive, you usually tend to sleep a little bit longer. You don't wake up early in the morning and you take naps. So you start to get swollen and greasy. And those kind of the, the things start to come up. The imbalance that, you know, if you're a coffee type, you get coffee imbalance more easily than pitta imbalance. And if you're a pitta type, you get a pitta imbalance. So 
those things start to come up usually. What about then since, I mean, Ayurveda is from India originally, but we don't all live in India. So how can we adjust this according to where we live? For example, we live in the Nordic countries, which obviously the weather and everything else is very challenging at times. Uh, how do you see this or how does Ayurveda see this? Well, um, that's actually not so much of a problem since Ayurveda is really big on local things. So locality is very important. Uh, Ayurveda, for example, knows that the key to health is to eat what grows near you. For example, if we're talking about food, which we're talking about a lot in Ayurveda. So you eat what grows in your region and what is in season so seasons are also important for example i would be never i would never be able to handle the the mediterranean uh, diet for example that there are a huge amount of tomatoes meat seafood olives yogurt i would get heartburn from that but yeah local things affect a lot and ayurveda doesn't recommend for you uh, for everybody to eat indian food <laughs> The envi- in the environment you were born in usually it's good for you mm. and the freshness I would suppose as well mm, that's big I'm so happy you mentioned that <laughs> that's super important so things that are in season in the summer you can eat more things because during summer here in the north things are in season but then in the winter time a little bit less so maybe you have saved up from fall, from late summer, things that you, you know, we tend to pick blueberries or, or go to the forest and pick mushrooms in the, in the autumn. So maybe you did that and put those in your freezer. So that, that can be a local and more fresh thing. I think it's more Ayurvedic to go to the forest and pick up the berries yourself and then put them into the freezer than to go to the grocery store buy the berries that were brought from other countries so it's it's different it's we're we're huge on this local thing yeah and what about can this be translated also into skincare in a way that if the skincare ingredients for example are locally produced that we put on our skin i think yes i there's no ayurvedic traditional text on this i would argue um that there's no like ancient text that says beauty products need to be close by but this is an ayurvedic way of thinking yes i would i would argue that yes the closer the better the more natural the better since ayurveda doesn't even use medicines for treatments why would ayurveda use synthetic cosmetics for skincare if we're think about thinking about it like this way how does it make you feel how would you feel if you would buy a product an oil from a woman that's close by and she has made it versus you go to the store you have no idea where it came from which country when it was picked up if it's a blueberry thing i would for example i would feel better to buy that from like where I know it's where it's coming from and it's close by. Now that you gave that example, it's like I felt such warm from the fact that if it would be someone close by, then 
it's somehow so clinical any kind of supermarket or whatever it is so yeah definitely warm yeah and not to like not to I, I buy my cosmetics from the store and just to give an example on that local thing how does it make you feel how does it make your spirit feel it even feels different i think mm, exactly so it must be different mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah this is the spiritual part of ayurveda i would say right yeah yeah to know how how does things feel for you mm-hmm. mm. um since we're talking a little bit about the cosmetics maybe how do you think the um, cosmetics industry has changed over the years from what it used to be like i don't know 20 30 years ago and how it's at the moment having more natural cosmetics and all this and what is perhaps still missing from the ayurvedic point of view yeah well like you said I think both you and I were very happy that this is the trend that the cosmetic industry has gone into this direction of natural products and kind of more, they're less harmful for the environment and for the humans, I think, at the moment. And we're moving into that direction all the time, like you said. But then again, what I would say is missing is the spiritual aspect that we've been also talking about is one that I would somehow want to integrate. So we have, I think, a little bit, a tiny bit started to understand the holistic part, the meaning of the food, and we're we're starting to realize that the gut is really important we're starting to understand the effect of the sleep. People know that when you have not slept well, you don't wake up with a radiant face necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) The spiritual side would be one that I think is still missing. Mm -hmm. For example, if I think about the ingredient and raw material production, perhaps I could argue that most especially smaller natural cosmetic brands know where their ingredients are coming from but sometimes it's not easy to understand for example what has been the state of mind or how the people have been treated in those places where the ingredients are coming from so there's still a lot of questions that perhaps the spiritual side kind of is part of that as well yeah that's true like in ayurveda it's very important when you eat Uh, how is the food prepared so I didn't mention this because this is a large topic but if you go to a restaurant and the cook has been at a bad mood and you eat that food Ayurveda doesn't think very highly of this I mean the cook should be in a calm and good mood when cooking so should this apply to cosmetics and the things that we use yeah so we we could see cosmetics in the same way when they're prepared produced with love, with care of people, of environments. So this aspect is the one that's missing. If we talk a little bit about the, let's say, mental beauty as well, because since Ayurveda sees all the corners of every aspect of life, so things like perception of beauty, body image, self-acceptance, how does Ayurveda help in the path of strengthening these? For example, yeah, well, Ayurveda helps you to understand your uniqueness, and that that's one of the best parts in Ayurveda. I've had many kapha types coming to 
see me and they're always wondering why are the doctors when they go and visit the doctors with their problems they always suggest that you know you need to lose weight before we do anything about these other things and they're they're always like it's it's all my always my weight i'm starting to feel really bad about myself and this is not just to help people see or accept that this is just the way i am kind of you know acceptance this is a deep, profound understanding of who you are. And it's so beautiful to start to talk about that with people and give them the understanding why things are like this. The doctors, they usually, you know, because they don't have this knowledge, they cannot tell the people why something is happening. Maybe on another level, but not on on, on this level. Um and just uh, maybe you can hear from my voice like the compassion i have for my for my clients because the things that they have been through my heart melts every time i hear struggles with the bodies and this is where ayurveda really can help self acceptance body image beauty i think yeah ayurveda can help the whole world basically because we've obviously Everything that has been marketed to us over the past decades, they're always body first. And yeah, it's such a huge topic though. Yeah. Yeah, it's always like that. And it's the way we have been conditioned, I don't know, by society is that beauty is young, skinny, white woman. Hmm. That's beauty. And surprisingly, not every one of us are skinny, young, white women. What I love is that in the world we have started to talk about this. We have started to switch this. There's more variety these days. Mm. Re- kind of circling back to Ayurveda, there are also self-treatments uh, that can help with body image. For example, Abhyanga, which is an oil massage, self-massage. It's a simple way to feel relaxed and pampered while deeply nourishing yourself and, and the skin. This is a practice where you are, you touch yourself, you massage yourself, you see everything, you are being with yourself. And it's so beautiful. It does not only pu- you know purify the skin and help you with different kinds of imbalances, but also helps the the mental aspect as well. Hmm. How would you do this in practice? It sounds like all our skincare lovers could use their amazing products with this one. Yeah, well, um, there are really, 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 really specific uh, instructions for that massage. But to put it very shortly, you would use an oil it could be almost any oil i would say sesame oil is is the best so you could use sesame oil um if you have coconut oil why not that as well but it's a little bit different for for all the doshas so i would say vatas can go with sesame oil kaffas can go with sesame oil as well pitas can go with coconut oil kaffas can also choose almond oil that would be, might be the best for, for gaffas. And why is this? The sesame oil is heating for vata. It's balancing for vata, but then for pitta and kaffa no. So for pitta, cooling, 
uh, coconut oil is is better and then for kaffa um, the structure of the almond oil is better mm. but then you need to uh, heat the oil to just uh, make sure that it is warmer than your hand i would say you need to pick quiet place where you can be kind of on your own you take off the clothes and start to rub in the oil so you put your fingertips into the oil and start to rub the oil into the body and about the massage there are very specific instructions like i said to put it very simple you could start from the feet and work your way up from there that would be like a very simple instruction yeah i I want to try this (laughs) so it's super nice so from the feet up and in the belly you kind of make a circle clockwise circle and in the chest as well a little bit more specific instructions belly circle chest circle otherwise towards the heart to always kind of towards the heart so if you're like taking care of your thighs you move towards the heart not down towards the earth this sounds quite activating am i right so it's it's not the most necessarily silky soothing it's more activating massages Depending on how you do it, depending on the amount of pressure you use, of course. But yes, a little bit more activating because it is meant to lift the toxins from from the skin and the impurities from the skin. And then you go into the shower, you, you let it be on the body for, I would say, 10 to 20 minutes. 10 being the absolute minimum, I think. <laughs> and then you take a quick shower to wash the extra oil out and then come out of the shower refreshed (laughs) yeah and during during the time that you have the oils on you can sit breathe relax meditate i for example i'm a busy (laughs) entrepreneur woman so (laughs) i sometimes make the bed or fold the laundry or you know clean up the dishes or (laughs) yeah it's not the right way to do the the abhyanga, but like I said, we modern humans, we are busy and we don't have five hours in the morning to take care of our morning routine. Yeah, and I guess everything, like Ayurveda says, is to adjust also to the environment in a way that is it more soothing to do the, I mean, is it more relaxing to do the laundry at the same time? Or if you sit without doing nothing, does it just stress you more that you know you have the laundry, you know? Exactly. You are right on point. <laughs> <laughs> I would have one question for you, which I, I think I've asked this of every guest we've had on the podcast, but how do you see the future of beauty industry and perhaps other industries as well that, that we consume these days? Ah. Oh. Well, the direction I'm wishing all this is going is kind of a healed, harmonious way of living for all humans. And this would, of course, kind of be reflected in the work that we do as humans. And then it goes into the industries So when we heal as humanity, the things that we do here start to heal as well and be more, like I said, healthy and harmonious. So, and holistic, I would say. So I would like to see the spiritual aspect 
also strengthening quite a lot that we know I would like us humans to know that we're not just this separate piece of flesh doing a bunch of random stuff here. I would like us to know who we really are, what we're capable of. It's amazing. I even start to feel expanded now when I <laughs> when I speak about this because there's so much potential. We just need to take some time to recover. But this is what I would like to see. Holistic, harmony, balance, healing, respecting of the environment, respecting of humans, doing things out of the love for ourselves, doing things for the benefit of all, not just a benefit for ourselves, but the benefit for all, like devotion for life. So I'm wishing for a quite big change, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love everything. <laughs> like cosmetic brands and entrepreneurs who do this. And I want to send them my greetings. Your your work is important. And I am your customer, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm very conscious of the choices I make. I love that there are people who see this and really have made an effort to change the world by the way they produce cosmetics, for example. I see that work and I value that. I can definitely sign this as following the, the awards and all the amazing brands coming from the Nordics. I mean, it's incredible. There's so many amazing ones that are really doing, doing this with passion and love and, and care. And you can see it through the products as well as when you use them. But yeah, that's exactly what we we're talking earlier about that really see the the difference in the product as well yeah it's true and i think we're all in this kind of together so it's not so different from my work you know helping people meeting people one-on-one -on -one, and then some other people wondering how they could make the best possible cosmetic products for the market that take the nature into consideration take humanity into consideration it's not so They're pretty related, in a way, to make the world... I, it's, I know it's a cliche, but I will say this, a better place. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's what we all want. Exactly. Well, I would have one question, or perhaps, yeah, one question. What would be your tips if somebody would want to start learning more about Ayurveda and perhaps start their journey in Ayurvedic lifestyle? Where would they start from and... Well, I would invite them to contact me, of course, uh, <laughs> and my services. I definitely want to be on people's path when they walk on the Ayurvedic path. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm building a container for women who want to learn about themselves and live in alignment with that. Uh, but if one wants to learn Ayurveda, then on the internet, there are online courses in English. You can find those in Google. They're not that hard to find. One option is also to travel to India to study, uh, but it's a bit tricky, to be honest. I've studied Ayurveda in Finland, and I've also taken some, some courses, but not that easy. Perhaps it depends also where you're living. If you live in a huge metropole, there might be more options, or depending which which language you want to learn learn with. So internet is definitely a good good start for anyone. Where can people find you? 
and what do you do and and so Mm, I can I can be found on the internet of course (laughs) (laughs) I am there (laughs) like we all are (laughs) yeah 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 we we are very uh interesting beings these days you know as humans we move in different dimensions like the internet (laughs) but uh (laughs) that's why that's how I call it you know when I teach yoga classes I'm all like you will never know which dimension I will show up in. It might be on the internet in your house. <laughs> oh. oh, I got an idea. I got an idea. Is it Ethernet if it's like Vata level? We should call it the Ethernet. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good idea. Definitely. I will, I will, I will. Oh my God. <laughs> I will start to call it the Ethernet. <laughs> this is Ayurveda humor next level, I think. Um, so, okay, so back to where I am, <laughs> other than the Ethernet. Yeah, yeah, in the Ethernet, I am uh, I'm very much on Instagram. So you can find me there with my name. I am Evelina. So there is an H at the end because my last name is Holm with an H. And then I have my website, evelinaholm.com subscribe to my newsletter i'm actually building my english website currently so it's still in finnish but it's about to be in english as well so stay tuned for now i also have a podcast in finnish it's called Glow. we're on a break currently but you can go and listen to that amazing content about ayurveda and um it's in finnish yeah so if you know finnish then it's for you mm-hmm. I'm your frequent listener on Ayurgo, obviously because I, I know Finnish, but unfortunately it's only in Finnish. So, but for those of you who can understand Finnish, I would definitely suggest go to listen to Ayurgo as well. Amazing podcast. So much information on all these topics, very going in depth and, and so amazing. Yes, there is. There's a lot of information and we've gotten great feedback. So yeah. We're excited. <laughs> excited. Well, thank you so much for all this incredible chat and information and insights of Ayurveda. And if you want to learn more, uh, go to internet or ethernet, whatever you find at home. And you can find Evelina online as well to chat more. But thank you so much for being guest on the podcast. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. Make sure you have subscribed or you follow the podcast so you won't miss the coming episodes. If you know someone that would love to know more about the subjects that we're discussing in this podcast, please share this episode. We will keep sharing all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry and unheard behind-scenes stories. You can follow the Nordic Natural Beauty Journey also on our Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and Pinterest pages, simply at Nordic Natural Beauty Awards and on Twitter at NNB Awards. Until next week, bye-bye!